0: I'd like to set fire to this dump.
1: Just because we're pretty, everybody's
0: jealous.
1: It's like a prison here. Even at Christmas, it's like a
0: prison. Don't even mention Christmas, Chicklet. My parents are going to be real sorry if I don't get them cha-cha heels. I
1: asked, and I better get. I never get enough Christmas presents. Everybody's so damn cheap. I should be getting a lot, and I'm going to take it all back and get the money for work. You could do that now. We'll probably get caught for hooking this period, but who cares? Who cares if we fail? It'd be fun to be expelled. I hope I get arrested.
0: I hate this school and all these ignorant teachers who don't know one thing. I'm the one who should be teaching. I hate my parents, too.
2: Not on Christmas. Not on Christmas, (laughs) Pete. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I I hope you are, because uh, listeners... Get your shit together. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And these these
1: are the the movies movies that that made us gay. I'm pretty sure our guest today. Welcome back to the show, Seth. I know that you are probably wanting cha-cha heels for Christmas. (laughs) Jerk of all trades, welcome back. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. Last on the show for Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good to have you back for this holiday season for a very important movie for the podcast. That we have been deliberately holding for years now at this point, (laughs) but it was fate, Seth. You got here for the Female Trouble episode, directed by John Waters. I mean, composed, photographed, co-edited, written, produced, and directed by one Mr. John Waters, released October 11th, 1974. It's truly wow.
0: an honor to get to do this one. <laughs> so, I mean,
1: <laughs> this is one of the big ones. And the thing about doing the movie podcast is you do have to hold the big ones for later. Yeah, I mean, well... You have to hold some. Yeah. That,
2: the time is now. Yeah. It's Christmas.
1: I mean... I've always known that I wanted to do this as a
2: Christmas episode, Yeah, absolutely. Too. You kind of you have to. It's a, it's you a, can do that, you know. It's a great Christmas. <laughs> 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 you know, I, all I'm saying is I better get them damn chat cha First of all, is that, can, we look up, can we confirm what the hell a cha-cha heel actually is? So is it a dance shoe? I always assumed that it was like a dance
1: wedge for doing... Not a wedge. A wedge is like, the okay. whole, like a wedge. Like a dance heel. Yeah.
0: Yes.
2: Can you confirm that? Yes. <laughs> You're, yes. You being the expert on all Do you things. own any cha-cha heels,
0: <laughs> Seth? Um, in my heyday, no, I always wore stripper shoes. Um, if there wasn't at least a six inch heel, Fair. it wasn't for me. If sure. I couldn't walk, if I could walk in it, it wasn't appropriate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a cha cha heels a little shorter. Yes, right. So it's, for... it's
0: like a kitten heel, but like a slutty kitten heel. Got it.
2: It's for dancing. A thing uh, of the sixties and seventies. Yes, yes, yes. So this is not our first John Waters film. This is our this is third,
1: our second one this year. Second one this year. We just did. We did Drew. Drew Drogi came over to watch Polly in March. Right. And previous to that, we had done... We had uh, done Hairspray and, uh, and Serial Mom. And Mom.
2: Okay. So um, we're hitting
1: the big ones now.
2: I mean, we're getting to the classics.
1: Yeah. We're getting to the classics. I mean, I feel like Female Trouble is the gone with the wind of John Waters's <laughs> filmography. I mean, it's definitely like it's the best her. use of Divine.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... It's up there with Pink Flamingos. It's personally, as I've always said, it's my favorite one. Mm -hmm. Um, I identify with this movie and the characters and the several different plot lines going on (laughs) uh, for years. But, you know, as soon as I I discovered Pink Flamingos, I found this right after and was truly obsessed. So let's start
1: with your background with John Waters. Like, when do you guys... I mean, we've talked about our background with John
0: Waters on our previous episode, but I definitely want to hear your...
1: Your yeah. origin story with John.
0: So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, very similarly that I probably said about Greg Araki when we did Nowhere, um, I'd say that like I truly discovered his like collection probably around 7 or 18. Um, I love looking back because I remember the first movie of his I ever saw, which many kids would be Hairspray, the yeah. original. Um, which I was in like seventh grade. I remember, um, I was doing a, some sort of marathon fundraising thing. And like a friend who lived in the suburbs where it was like a 24 hour marathon in a field and you just like walked around a track to raise money or some shit. But, um, (laughs) at like three and everybody had tents and you'd take naps in between your turns. But at like three o'clock in the morning, I went to like get food or a drink and they had this big projector outside in the field, and you know, kids are watching movies, and all I see is Pia Isadora's <laughs> scene, I think that's her name, um, Piedora where she name. just opens her arms real wide and says, Let's get naked and smoke. <laughs> yep. And that was my
2: introduction to John Waters.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, but then I would discover like
2: the real gems of yeah. his career. Uh And just finding them on home video and just watching them and becoming obsessed.
0: Yeah, I think this was, you know, this is probably early 2000s when I think, like, a lot of the DVD box sets had just started coming out with, like, all the films. And this is like, early Netflix days. So, like, you could find them, but you'd have to wait two weeks for them to show up in the mail. And I don't even know
1: what the circulation of Female Trouble at that time with DVDs was. I mean, I'm sure that there was something in print, but I mean, for Netflix, they could probably only have
0: like five copies. So you right. might just have to wait for it. I think it was a matter of that. But then I was just finding like alternative video stores that sold these things. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. 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 I need to have. I don't. There I are have ways, every. There are ways to get a hold of it on, on digital. I talk about
1: that my first John Waters movie was Cecil B. Demented because it was the new John Waters movie. That's right. So I I knew him just by name, and that was the one that showed up at our video store that I could rent.
0: Another... I remember seeing the cover for that for so many years, not realizing what it was. Pre-discovering John's (laughs) work, but, you know, because that was also probably late 90s, 97, 98, something like that. Um, 2000. Okay. Yep. A little later, but um, I just remember the poster... um, and then it wasn't until years later. Because I'd say that's one of his more underrated films probably. Yeah. yeah and agreed. less recognized. I think I have a soft spot for it be just because it was this, that was the first for
1: me. Yeah. And Melanie. And Mel. The uh, <laughs>
0: which, by the way, Melanie Griffith will be the um special counselor at John Waters Camp this summer. Oh, my God. Which I just agreed camp to. Counselor Melanie. <laughs> so I will get to <laughs> meet her it. summer, of t- or whenever it happens, in yeah. 2024. I think it's usually like September. Spring.
1: or no. It, oh, it's summer? It summer. Okay, I was sure. supposed to go this past
0: You're year, supposed and then, to then I go. got COVID oh, the week shit. of and had to cancel. Oh, shit.
2: Wow. Neither of us have done John Waters' camp, but... It sounds like so much fun. Uh, I, I remember Hairspray when it was first released, being a kid. And my sister getting it on home video. I've told this story in our Hairspray episode and probably in our Serial Mom episode, but just as a young kid seeing Hairspray and then seeing Crybaby right after that um, and just kind of getting this, having this vague kind of idea of John Waters as being kind of like these movies almost being like these spoof movies, almost in like, almost in a uh, like an airplane, Abram Zucker kind of, scary movie kind of a vibe for, for some, you know, in some instances, but then kind of understanding that like the satire of them. And then my sister really being like, well, you know, his early movies were wild. And I'm like, okay, tell me. And just hearing like the legends of like, you know, pink flamingos and like all this stuff. And I don't think we were ever able to, cause when we were at movies with my dad, it was always blockbuster. So we weren't able to get Pink Flamingos. And so I didn't really see that until I was probably out on my own in my 20s. And then I was like, okay, this is great. But at that point, I had, you know, um, Cecil B. Demented was out, bought it. was, And I kind of fell in love with... John Waters like as a person yes. His commentary tracks and just like what a great storyteller I he would is. always like
1: whenever you would see him interviewed I remember there was a special on the Wizard of Oz from like the mid 2000s oh, yeah. that he has really fun interviews for one of them is it used to be in the Wizard of Oz exhibit at the Academy Museum it was like on the wall mm-hmm.
0: I'm the only child in the audience that always wondered why Dorothy ever
1: wanted to go back to Kansas Why would she want to go back to Kansas in this dreary black and white farm with an aunt who dressed badly and seemed mean to me when she could live with magic shoes, winged monkeys and gay lions? I never understood it. Uh, You don't want to go back to dirty Kansas. Drab, (laughs) sepia colored (laughs) But yeah, I I remember that was like on one of the walls at the Academy Museum, which I thought was pretty cool. And I remember that. Yeah. I remember that special in that interview.
2: Right. Um, there was always something that I loved about his 80s and 90s movies where, you know, even as a kid, I knew who Tracy Lords was, right? Mm-hmm. So we see Crybaby, and it's like, and there she is, this disgraced actress. She was, you know, got into all this trouble for being like an underage actor in adult films and just the scandal and him bringing her in and me thinking, she's good in this. Yeah. She's good. She's funny. She's like, has presence on screen, like- why didn't she know the movies beautiful and then yeah in that movie too right yeah and then you know and ricky lake of obviously and just giving giving a career to this girl who probably would not have gotten a chance in other normal straight you know quote-unquote movies and then seeing things like understanding who patty hurst was and just kind of getting an idea for this way of bringing in people into his casts and then starting to see them in multiple movies and being like, okay, he has this troop of people. And then really kind of learning as I went about the dreamlanders and not knowing before I knew what dreamland was just understanding that it exists by seeing this, this, these casts that kept growing and growing and bringing people back and having these subversive people, you know, like a Patty Hurston and Tracy Lords and you know, and, and, and characters like Hatchet Face and, you know, um uh, I can't remember the name of the woman who is Crybaby's mother with uh with Johnny Depp, oh, you know. Oh. The, that actress and and she's also in like she's also in big top peewee, and then it just starts to inform me of like this kind of underground very kind of punk rock alternative style of filmmaking with these casts and and just I was just like, okay, if these people are kind of cross involved with like peewee in that world, then I get it. Then I get what kind of kooky, off kilter kind of, you know, universe this is all existing in. And when I finally did start to see Divine like at her height in the in, in this and in Pink Flamingos, I was like, oh my God, I get it now. Uh, I do have to say, this movie, Female Trouble, there, I mean, it's crazy. It's the, a journey. It's a journey. This movie's a is, journey. It is, it is journey. a It is a long, from, you know, from A to Z. It's an epic. Uh epic. But there are some things in here, and I think John Waters has kind of addressed some of them. This movie is uh, dedicated to Charles Watson. Yeah, wild. <laughs> you know? John Waters had uh, kind of this morbid obsession with the whole um, Manson family. The Manson crew. Um, yep. But there's also other, other serial killers name dropped in there. You know, there are things in this movie that kind of make you feel a little weird when you're watching them. You know, you don't want to see people shooting a gun into a crowded theater, things like that. You have to kind of sit back and say, it's 1974. This is subversive on purpose. Obviously, John Waters is not doing this in a movie today, if he were to make a film today. So I think right at the top of this show, we do have to say, trigger warning.
0: (laughs) As I was parking my car, I (laughs) literally was thinking about some of the things that get said in it. And I was like... I feel like he's truly the one person that can't get canceled for anything. Yeah. Oh, totally. If it yeah. hasn't happened. Like, he gets a pass somehow yeah, from everybody. Yeah. And I respect that decision. But yeah. yes, trigger warning all
2: over. <laughs> all, all over the place. I feel like maybe if some like Gen Z kid probably got a hold of this, they might try to cancel him. Just be like, look what I discovered. This is awful. But I don't know if it would stick. <laughs> I mean,
0: we, he always says in interviews that uh, Desperate Living originally was like boycotted um, by, it was either, I forget exactly, it was just boycotted by a yeah. lot of the queer community and now it's like shown during like uh, different dyke organizations yeah. as, like and trans organizations as, like, a proud piece of art.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, that's another one that, like, I remember the first time I saw that one. I was in my early 20s, and I was like, this shit is wild. I what? hadn't
1: seen Desperate Living until, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah. Until we finally, it was finally on streaming. If It, was like, wasn't available for the longest time.
1: I feel like I came to female trouble a little later. I mean, I don't yeah. think that I watched this movie until probably about 10 years ago. I had always heard about this movie, and I'd always heard that everybody talks about Pink Flamingos, but it's really all about Female Trouble as the best use of of Divine. Yes. So I remember we bought a copy off Amazon of Female Trouble, mm-hmm. and we lost it. We did. It was a double pack. Do you remember what was... Well, I mean, it was, just, it was just Pink Flamingos with it, right? Pink Flamingos we have separately. Yeah.
2: Because we have its own one. So I think it might have been... It's not a hairspray. I know the what it was. Hairspray is pecker.
1: Um, because we have, we still have that one, but we lost that copy of it.
2: Maybe it just was pink flamingos. I think it was just, just pink two. flamingos, and yeah. it just had two.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: I somehow lost that dish. I think it was a situation that we loaned it to someone, and never, never got it back. Oof. Sure. I think it was one of those. But uh, it's yeah. okay because there <laughs> is
1: a brand new, beautiful print of female That's trouble. That's right. The criterion.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: That, I, that going I now have. So. To segue mm-hmm. into the exhibit at the Academy, which I'm assuming is where that came from? Maybe. Uh We just
2: ordered it. Okay. We just ordered yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Just we it have online. yet to go to the exhibit. <sighs> I can't wait. I've been four times already. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I love that. <laughs> I learned
0: that if you have food stamps in Los Angeles, you can get into any museum for free. Oh, and so every... you can
2: Take your EBT you card.
1: You can get into the Academy Museum. Yeah, oh, that's and so, so cool. I every love that. time I've had yeah. a friend
0: visit since it opened, like from out of town, I'm like, yeah. I'm taking you to the John Waters exhibit, <laughs> and we're not paying for it. The government is. Oh do you just my God. like? Do you just show them yep. like your card? Show me your EBT okay. card. All, right. All right, that's cool. Yeah, for once, being low income works in my favor. <laughs>
2: Listen, you got to do what you got to do. John
0: Waters would be proud.
2: He would be absolutely very. John be more would proud love that. Snuck in, but yes, I mean, true. true. <laughs> but use yeah, you're using that EBT card, you heard it here first, uh, listeners. Yeah, you can get yeah, pretty much any museum, I think. Yeah, just, cool. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be free day. It'll yeah, just be like any day. Yeah. Um, does Academy Museum participate in Free Museum Tuesdays?
0: I. Th- i don't know if it's tuesdays but i know i showed up once and yeah. tried to do that and they were like well it's free day anyway and so i was like oh okay, okay. <laughs> they're like savior yeah or whatever.
2: <laughs> we get it you get food stamps oh my god see and that's the thing it's like seeing th- like us saying you know john john would be proud of that kind of thing yeah. watching things like pecker and having and going out and buying you know uh these DVDs and listening to those commentaries. That's also where I kind of learned about the older ones that I didn't get a chance to, to watch. I prefer to watch them
1: with the commentary just because I love, I love listening to John talk,
2: telling stories about, you know, uh, shop, shopping, shopping for others. What is it? grocery shopping for others? Shopping for others. Yeah. Yeah. And like (laughs) ditching on paying, paying for taxi cabs and like all that kind of stuff. You're just like, this shit is wild. This life that they led in Baltimore you know, in the '60s, as like crazy weirdo, like punk hippie kids, he John would resent you saying hippie. I don't know. Though he said they yeah, always he, made he he always, <laughs> said they always made fun of the hippies. Writing
0: a book, hippie. <laughs> we'll get to that line later. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> kind of a segue into what I was going to say earlier was that you know these movies were also like a very eye opening part of seeing the different walks of queer life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the reality Mm -hmm. is, is like, you know, you watch these if you're young or living in the Midwest and you're just like, oh, all these acid-dropping punk weirdos. But like, you know, seeing trans folks and women of color and, you know, lesbians, gays, uh, Mm. all of the above. And... Looking back it's like yeah this is what our lives are like now in a sense <laughs> with the community at yeah. least. Yeah. Um not everybody's, you know, um, drag queen eating dog shit, but <laughs> um it's just it's exciting because he was putting these people on screens in film yeah. back in the 70s. The type of yeah. people that were never represented in movies. I mean, had cinema
1: ever really seen anybody like Edith? Right. <laughs> ever? <laughs> nope.
2: Yeah.
0: Somebody <laughs> like Gator? My friend just had a baby, and they named her Edith. And I was like, "Oh, you just made it. When that kid gets older. I'm going to be calling her Edie. Edie.
2: <laughs> oh, Edie. I mean, I remember the first time I kind of was introduced to Edie. It was in it was Pink Flamingos. And yeah, just like the Egg Lady, and it was nothing. It was. I had never seen anything like that before. I'd never she was seen the first voice this that woman is
1: ever heard on our podcast. In our she intro, was, yeah. in our intro to movies that made us gay, uh, <laughs> it is the clip from Female Trouble. Yeah, Gator and
2: Gator and uh, and Anita. Yeah, Yep, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> I can Those two, and in particular Gator, that was uh, also the first time I had ever been introduced to that heavy of a Baltimore accent. <laughs> the auto industry the auto industry I mean
1: my favorite Baltimore My favorite example of the Baltimore accent Is Dawn Davenport's eating a meatball Sandwich
2: <laughs> Right in the middle of class um, I think that you might mean
1: Mr. Weinberger Dawn Davenport is eating a meatball Sandwich right out in class And she's been passing notes I was not eating. I got a knife
2: here in my pocketbook and I'm gonna cut you up after class. <laughs> Passing notes. Pace, notes. Pacing notes.
0: Uh, <laughs> I used to like to make that knife threat to people from time to time, just whisper it in their ear.
2: I got a knife in my pocketbook I'm gonna cut you up. <laughs> <after class. laughs> the idea of these three asshole girls, girls terrorizing girls. the school. <laughs> just a Rolling bad girl just a bad girl i love a bad girl i love a bad girl who's like a bully yep. who like bullies boys doesn't even care just just a bad girl like doesn't give a shit oh my god and these three they uh, they're uh, uh, they're on the cover of the of the poster these ha- these hairstyles these it's like concetta and chiclet chiclet and concetta
0: concetta and yeah.
2: concetta are so amazing Cookie
0: Mueller and Susan Walsh. So, before I, like, really knew the plethora that was Cookie Mueller's life, she always, in his movies, was my favorite woman. Like, every character she's played, the inflections of her voice, the way her mouth even looks, because I think she had a lisp. Like, she just... Talked like such a cunty attitude. Yes. And this one, especially with the winged eyeliner and the, and the huge hair. And white lipstick. And the white <laughs> lipstick. Aquinetting <laughs> that hair. And just like I said, you know, that attitude moment where she goes, You can do that, you know. Oh
2: my God. I'm going to get that the is money. My favorite. I'm expecting a lot of presents. I'm going to take them all back and get the money. You can do that, you, you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I laugh. Every time yep. and that scene kills me. Yeah. I love it. And that is uh Concetta, one of the one of the friends played by Cookie Mueller. And did you read her book?
0: Uh, which one?
2: Oh, okay. There's <laughs> multiple. Okay. There's a
0: several. Oh, okay. Like, Cuz
2: I was going to say I read memoir is, yeah. and she kind of had a rough
0: yo oh, yeah. go of it, right? I mean, she died of AIDS yeah. in the 80s. She died in
2: 89. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, at the very top of the commentary track for this movie, it's the credits. And, you know, these early John Waters movies are famous for having these long credits. Full, full. You look at these movies and it looks like two people were on crew, but it's like... These I, cr- love, I love the credit plates <laughs> in this movie. I, think, actors, they're, I yeah. think they're so cool. And, and John says, half these people are dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Grant, it was 74. Yeah, fifty years ago. Yeah, not even fifty years ago. So it's like okay, yeah, some people, some people, you know, pass on. But you know, Cookie died of AIDS. Uh, David Lockery, who's in this, yes. and then uh, Pink Flamingos uh, died of a drug overdose. Yes, right, mm-hmm. um, an accidental drug overdose. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of them. I mean, it's a, it was a very kind of. Um, I don't know. I think the crowd was not a like a rough living crowd or anything, but your know, drugs may have been involved with oh, some yeah. of them. You know? Life catches they up. Were yeah, they were individuals. free spirited. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and there were a lot of queer people in this in this whole crowd in the Dreamlanders. And so, and this was, you know, they all, you know, who some of them may not have made it through, you know, AIDS epidemic. Like that kind of probably got a hold of a lot of people involved there. But um, yeah, I thought that was very kind of, Uh, telling when he was like, yeah, half of these people aren't around anymore. It's like, oh my goodness. But yeah, uh, Cookie Mueller as Consetta in this is, this performance is wild. She looks insane. There's, (laughs) they do these montages through Don Davenport's life and the montage of them, uh, Hustling on the street. Ugh. Well, there is Dawn Davenport Career
1: Career Girl sixty one through sixty seven, and then there's my personal favorite early criminal nineteen sixty eight. I love their I love their burglar outfits. The cat burglars. The cat, the cat burglar, burglar, burglar
2: outfits are great, with the veils. With the veils. Yeah, but when they're hooking on the street,
0: those that purple outfit that on divine purple
2: onesie. Okay.
0: The the ass cutouts. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kinsetta has a purple yes. cat suit yep. with ass cutouts like Prince. Yep. And it's like, this is 1974. I feel like people Free were like, Prince. what the fuck is this that she's wearing? So I actually
0: have three female trouble tattoos. Okay. And two of which are Cookie and oh. Kinsetta. <laughs> they were two that I was like, they need to be in this sleeve. Yeah. Um, you can't, I mean, they're old and faded, but it's actually from the scene towards the end of the movie where they're just drawing lipstick all over right. their faces. That's a, yeah. That's Susan Walsh. And then Cookie is, um, from the hospital scene where she's got those big rose tinted glasses mm-hmm. and a green sequin outfit. Yeah. And then we have aunt Ida on my inner bicep, just <laughs> the second one. But I, this truly is my favorite of his movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Like you guys are saying, it's a, it's his, gr- His grand opus—it's
1: is—it's just gone at the wind. (laughs) I think that the school scenes are some of the best John Waters scenes from a a movie ever. (laughs) Like I think that they're so fucking
0: hilarious. All like all of the school stuff, and it's all of like the first three minutes of the movie. That's, uh, with the three girls in the bathroom, that was actually me in high school. I would go sneak into the girls' bathroom with girlfriends of mine <laughs> and just smoke in the stalls, like, cut class for an entire period. I hate this school.
2: We just smoke cigarettes. <laughs> hooking, hooking. Yep. I, and I love that, those kind of old-timey things that they say, talking about hooking school and all yep. that. Just like, who says that? Um... No, yeah, but that's that's so great about these these three characters that it's like, okay, it starts off and it's like, yeah, they're bad girls. Maybe Don Davenport is eating a meatball sandwich in the middle of class and maybe they're hooking and talking about how they want the school to catch on fire and all that. But like we find out right quick that Don Davenport puts her fucking money where her mouth is. Like she is this girl. Mm-hmm. Like she's not just like she's not fronting for like for anybody, because immediately she Runs away from home, Christmas morning, and yep. never looks back. And this movie just—I mean, it was already off the what rails. this
0: movie would have been if she got the shoes. Right? (laughs) I
1: mean, I'm sure that Don would have
2: found this path
1: eventually, but just in a very different way.
0: I mean, that scene is truly the only thing that makes this a Christmas movie. Like, the first four minutes where they talk about Christmas (laughs) is coming, I want this present, Christmas goes wrong, (laughs) and then the rest of the movie is what it is. And
2: just what a great
1: John Waters image of this older woman underneath a Christmas tree. Like, it's such a sad, disturbing image that he says that he heard that as a story once that a Christmas tree fell on someone's grandmother and it just kind of was burned into his memory and he had to write it in a movie script.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a, it's a classic scene.
0: I was actually, I, while doing a little bit of research today and rewatching the movie. So, When I was 22, I had a little weekday solo night that I used to DJ, and it was called Nice Girls Don't Wear Cha Cha Heels. And I think the... I, was, I found some of the old flyers to show you guys, but the first one I did was right around Christmas, and I just used the image of Dawn throwing her down under the tree. <laughs> and it was just like this very busy flyer I made with that image, the whole thing saying nice girls don't wear cha-cha heels, and then every type of music I was going to play, the fact that it was free, PBRs, but was like <laughs> way too much information, but... um. That little night was like something I did for a year, but it was just such a mouthful. Yeah, to say like, "Yeah, I'm going to nice girls don't wear cha cha heels
2: tonight." <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you get the flyer? Are you going to nice girls don't wear cha cha heels? <laughs> nice
0: girls don't wear cha cha heels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it stands in everybody uh, there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so funny that that line has just become like. I said, I want cha cha heels black, black one. I feel like every
1: Christmas day i see this scene on some social media account i see it on facebook instagram somebody will always post it i
0: also i think it was the first time i ever did drag or like performed in drag Mm -hmm. um it was for like a friend's benefit thing around christmas and i decided to do like santa baby but um i did a whole intro with the scene where i got like my Unofficial drag mommy to like put on a mumu and hold this present <laughs> that I wrapped up and we like interacted and did the whole scene. I throw her to the ground and then it went into Santa baby.
2: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Is there any? Uh, is there any video of that anywhere? No, it oh. was
0: a little too early.
2: <laughs> they didn't have the uh, the, no, the hand a... crank camera. Yeah, Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old.
0: I know you... It's like 2014. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Mm.
0: What are these? Those are your new shoes, Dawn. Those aren't the right kind. I told you, cha-cha heels, black ones. Nice girls don't to wear cha-cha heels. Give me those presents. Don't wear those ugly shoes. I told you the kind I wanted. You ruined my presents.
2: You devil! I'm here! you pay for this! You devil! God devil! Look at your mother! i you you. me going Don't touch me! Lay off me! I hate you! Fuck you! Fuck you both, you awful people! You. Oh. You're not my parents! I hate you! I hate, I hate Christmas! <laughs> not on Christmas! Not on
1: Christmas! That shot of her mom under the tree of Not on Christmas.
2: We were recently on uh, another podcast called How Do You Drew? Shout out How Do You Drew podcast. Uh, It's a Drew Barrymore enthusiast podcast. I saw you guys posting about that. And we watched the Drew Barrymore Amy Fisher story. (laughs) (laughs) And it was wild. I mean, as you would imagine, a 1993-94 made-for-television movie about Amy Fisher starring, starring Drew Barrymore would be. And there are scenes of Drew as Amy Fisher interacting with her parents on Long Island. And we were like, is she going to throw her dad into the tree? It's female (laughs) trouble. It was female. It was like the director was like, is he trolling us right now? (laughs) (laughs) they were doing it straight though they were doing it like seriously this is a serious fight that amy fisher's having with her father and he's like i need my heart pills and she throws them at him here your pills and she throws this bottle at him and she like runs out the door and slams it and we were just like is this is this shit for real?"
1: i feel like don davenport would probably shoot mary buttafuoco also
2: absolutely
1: and Take care of the Don job.
2: Davenport would, if Don Davenport would have gone up to Mary Joe Botofuco's door, she would have been dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have been any of this like ricochet nonsense. <laughs> and she would have got the job done. But uh that Amy Fisher story is wild, by the way. How she how Amy Fisher herself has not been featured in a in a John Waters movie, I'll never know. Um Yeah, that is the so, type
0: that is the yeah. type of casting that he that would, would do. Absolutely makes sense. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. it's like between- or, Patty Hearst and yeah. Heidi
0: Fleiss and wait, Heidi Fleiss. No, that was Greg Araki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, similarly
2: <laughs> enough, absolutely. Yeah, in the same in the same wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scott, you said you got the um, the title cards for each time Don kind of went through. Yeah, Don
1: Davenport, Youth, nineteen sixty. That's what the opening scenes are. Dan mm-hmm. Don Davenport, Career Girl, nineteen sixty one through nineteen sixty
0: seven. Is that when she's serving pie? Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> and she's
0: and she's dancing, and that smug she face. She is, just throws that slice of pie down and oh my God. snarls at that she's guy. So
2: mad for like having to serve. Just she just grabs it from that thing and throws it. And then I'm thinking too, like, okay, this is this diner, and it's this little like sliding door, and it's just all these plates with a slice of pie on these plates, and I'm like. How long have those pies pie been sitting there? Been sitting there, and I'm like, you know, people talk about like the good old days and all that shit. I'm like, I don't think that pie is very fresh. <laughs> the food poisoning days. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like eating out at a restaurant in, like the '60s and the '70s might have been a little, a little Sad. sketchy, <laughs>
1: dangerous. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: all of the scenes where they're hookers, it is shot. On the block in Baltimore, which is a famous sort of hooker street.
2: Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, we love a famous hooker street. Uh,
1: (laughs) But yeah, Don Davenport, early criminal. Some of my favorite scenes of them running around, mugging, mugging people.
2: Uh, Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really put two and two together of their like those that like veil situation that they had because they don't want to mess up their hair, right. And I hadn't thought about it, because I was just like, "What is going on? they're, he- they're giving They're giving Jasmine masters at the, at the Hollisleigh special with just like a gauze <laughs> shopping bag.:
0: But yeah, in theory, yeah, it's like kind of when you see images of women from back then going to sleep, they'd wrap their hair up in just these big yeah. towels or-
1: yeah. Don Don wakes up on Christmas morning with some that's right, with like kind Toilet of paper. Of a- TP like wrapping her Mm -hmm. hair. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very
2: Thelma Harper. Yeah, you get your hair set, and you can't. You're not going to go and get it set like every day, so you have to like just maintain it. Yeah, yeah. You wrap it. You wrap it in in toilet paper with some clips and hope to hope to hell get a nice wash and (laughs) and set. A hundred dollars for a wash and set. (laughs) I won't won't pay pay that. (laughs) You know I learned a of, lot about it. I
1: mean, right? yeah. I mean, you know what's funny about the $100 dollars wash and set? I mean, I... Oh, God. That's just, nothing now. When you go out and get your haircut in L.A. for just a simple boy's haircut, <laughs> that shit can run you $8 yeah. of just
0: a basic haircut. Got to get
2: yourself the supercuts, man. You're going to the fancy places.
0: I mean, I barely have any hair left. I just <laughs> go to like the little barber shop in Koreatown. It's like $19. There you go. Yeah. I love all a of shortcut. the
1: scenes in the hair salon we got to set up the hair salon and the sure. introduction of gator also um susan Lowe, who is working as the receptionist for we were go the hair this. salon <laughs> is the mother of don's baby it's true. and you see that she's pregnant behind the desk when she's kind of checking people in for their hair appointments so. and that is the baby That Don gives birth to. Newborn Taffy.
2: Newborn Taffy.
0: The the umbilical cord off. Oh
2: my god. (laughs)
0: Which also, like, obviously we've heard about this in different interviews, like, you look at that scene, and even what he said, that baby was, like days old. Oh, that fresh. baby is brand
2: new. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <maybe>, something <laughs> was small, so maybe was born, maybe was born
0: that afternoon and they yeah. rushed it over. It
2: was like skinny, didn't even have like baby fat, just like a little teeny.
0: Let's just slab fresh. some yeah. red
2: yeah. liquid on <laughs> top of this infant.
0: <laughs> it's crying because it's a day old. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, before
1: yeah. we set up the hair salon okay. scene, okay. we got
0: to talk about yeah.
2: Don meeting the baby daddy. Sure. Earl. Earl, Earl. also played also by played Divine. by Divine. <laughs> and this is not the – well, I guess it would be the first time it was done because it was done later on in Hairspray, right? Did Divine play yes. the mayor or something? Yes. Um, played the owner of the TV station, I there think. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, immediately when Dawn runs away, she hitchhikes and gets picked up by uh, Earl – I forget his last name. But he's driving – Peterson? In, or, that sounds right. I just watched it. Yeah, right. Um, He's driving an Edsel, which, uh, if you're not familiar, was um, a car brand that was kind of short-lived, and they were a little controversial. They were just kind of a dud car brand. Like people didn't buy Edsels. Like they were just kind of like they broke down a lot. I get, yeah, or just they just weren't very popular. So for him to be driving an Edsel in '74 was just like, what the fuck is this car? Like this was. Already a piece of shit. This huge station wagon, this car's a fucking boat that he pulls up in. They go and have sex in the dump.
1: I love how this scene is cut because there is boy Divine and then there's <laughs> yeah. Divine stand in. Yeah. And I just love the back and forth of how that scene is cut. Yeah. Yep.
2: See, when it cuts to Divine or Dawn, Stealing his wallet <laughs> she 's well also the
0: overdubbing of the screaming and yeah, the wailing, yeah, like her mouth is not moving, no, but you yeah. hear it as she 's stealing the wallet yeah
2: yeah it 's very it very much feels like vintage porn, yeah when it 's all because it 's all shot on silent cameras, and then that 's why they would go in and dub them, like it 's cheaper that way, so you shoot in a, on a on a camera with no sound and then later on the actors go in and they dub it over and so in those old if you watch real vintage porn oh, that yeah. looks like a home like a family home movie it's like that the the moaning and all that does not match what's going on <laughs> and yeah there's <laughs> there's like crazy like slurping sounds oh, yeah. all, And it's so over the top it's yeah it's, eat it eat, eat it, it eat it <laughs> Oh my god. And that divine voice that like
0: <laughs> That gets used later in another sex scene. Oh. <laughs> Unless we're getting our sex scenes mixed up. But oh, I think no. it happens in both. Oh okay.
1: The scenes after I love Divine's On the Run look. I think that she looks so beautiful. That with is that a
0: scarf. classic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that image of her, like, I think does not get used enough. But I actually have like I found a t-shirt years ago with that. And I couldn't get rid of it, so I sewed it as like a back patch on like a denim vest that I still oh, nice. have that's too small <laughs> for me, but I won't get rid of it because it's just got those curlers yeah. and the head wrap, and there's also images of her with like sunglasses with that on, but mm-hmm. also without them, and just something about her makeup is it's also like the cleanest her makeup has it ever is. been. Yeah, yeah. It's just a simple black <laughs> liquid yeah. eyeliner wingtip yeah. And her brows. And that's the thing about Divine in this
1: movie is that I mean, you can kind of say the same for Female Trouble, just because it's such an iconic look. I think that there's some very beautiful shots of, of Divine in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can just see like the star quality. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can get to those later. But I love, I love when she's when she's calling him on the payphone. I love that scene.
2: You stole my wallet, you fat bitch. <laughs> this is Dawn Davenport. I'm pregnant and I want money now. <laughs> but that but that's Dawn, that's that character. Just like, give me money.
0: You know what? Okay, this is something I've probably never talked to anybody, but that scene in particular, I'm always like, What is this set? Because she gives birth in what looks like a couch in a hallway. At the bottom of a staircase? Yeah, yeah it, in it like reminds an apartment me, building. Yeah. It reminds me
1: of the house from Pink Flamingos. But it's not it, it's not the same space but you kind of get you kind of get that balance that that
0: like banister It reminds me of like a old Brooklyn apartment building where like you know you got these wooden banisters that mm-hmm. go up like three mm-hmm. floors very narrow but then just a couch in the middle of it covered in newspapers right. and she gives birth
2: Yeah because it also said she was walk, she walked into a hotel
0: Oh And I'm like but so maybe it's a
1: cheap but the shitty like a <laughs> I mean, it's also... I mean, it's almost as if they just needed any space to shoot in. Sure, it was somebody's Who's, house. Whose house or apartment is yeah. free right now that yeah. we can get well, the Don childbirth well, scenes? Well, so that
2: kind of speaks to, like, in these early movies, John just kind of not really knowing what he was doing as a filmmaker. Guerrilla filmmaking. Guerrilla filmmaking. And just going out and stealing shots in public. He said the diner, where she served the pie, that the diner was open. That the people in that shot are c- customers. They just uh, ran
1: uh, in and got and the she, just like,
2: she He just, go, get the pie, put it on the counter. And the guy, if you look at the guy, he's just kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> he's kind of laughing. He's kind of like, okay. Um, so yep. yeah, so there's that girl, the filmmaking aspect. But then there's also, and he talks about it in the, in the school scene of like crossing the line, their eye lines don't match at all. <laughs> the teacher's looking one way, the students answering and looking the other way, Dawn's behind her and looking that way. And it's very it's confusing as to, now, you know, they do these things with, you know, the line in, in filmmaking. And it's all fake, but it's there for us as the audience to kind of gauge what people are looking at. Mm-hmm. But when you don't do it is when you notice it. And then things like uh divine's very first scene in pink flamingos she, she's talking for like over 30 seconds and it's the back of her head and you're like I wish I could see what she looks like <laughs> like it's her intro her intro is when she walks in the her back right. sits down talking to edna 30 second for edie talking to edie for 30 seconds the back of her head. Yep. I'm like, come on, <laughs> show me your face. <laughs> turn the camera. But a lot of times he couldn't turn the camera around. He couldn't get coverage because just, it is grill. These are not sets. These are locations. These are just somebody's apartment, somebody's uh trailer or whatever that they're shooting in so it's like sometimes you see these older movies and you're like this looks like garbage but it just adds to the charm adds to the charm <laughs> and, it, and it brings up these questions of where the fuck is she having this baby yeah. who knows who knows little baby taffy i feel so sorry for little taffy, oh,
0: taffy. <laughs> what a
2: life she lived <laughs> with with don davenport as your as your mother
0: um Quinsetta is your adopted aunties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jokes about. I mean, I know,
2: they do not even like her.
0: Jokes
1: about child abuse.
0: Oh yeah.
2: yeah. About I hit your car, kid. I hit it with a car, aerial. I just don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> um, that is probably also like one of my favorite looks, and I did a screening of this mm. in 2014, where I had to remake um that pink dress, and it's just. The pink, ooh, like, yeah, nighty with the black marabou all over and <laughs> hair curlers. Um, Love it. We also, my co-partner at the time, dressed up as Taffy, and we just found, like, a piece of gold lame to wrap around as a, like, dress and put yellow streamers (laughs) in his hair as he just jumped around (laughs) like an idiot all night.
1: Is Okay, is that the look that she's smoking and she just really looks like Elizabeth Taylor? Yes. I think that she's so so beautiful in that scene. Of just kind of how she's, that, like, smolder of, I guess that, like... I think the vibe is that a, she's just resentful. been sitting around she's all just day
2: like,
0: angry. Angry. Just her doing, diet pill is yeah, wearing I, off. Yeah,
2: yeah. Divine had a very specific way of drawing in her lip, mm-hmm. uh, especially in those scenes. Um, her Cupid's bow is very pointy. Yes. And then the, her top lip kind of was like separated. It was, like kind of went up a little bit. But it just made her mouth kind of look she, just a pouty, this pouty little look. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was it all did. Van Smith. Oh, was it Van? Oh, yeah. who her face? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, is it's very specific to these scenes, oh, yeah. but yeah, the eyebrow and just that like that pouty look. She's just sitting there, just stewing in her own juices the whole time. Um, okay, so I want I do want to talk about Gator because, <laughs> so I feel like there's there's a thread in not every John Waters movie, but a lot where there's this type right. Mm-hmm. It starts with crackers. Yep. Right. And then I think he said that he wanted to get the actor who was Crackers for Gator, and something happened. It didn't happen. So we got a different actor for Gator. Probably just picked
1: movie. up Michael Potter off the street and just said, Do you want to be in a movie?
2: Yeah. But that, like, that yeah. hair length, that specific hair length, that dead tooth, that. <laughs> I mean, it's not far off from what John looked like back <laughs> you in the know, day. You know what I mean? And the outfits that they had Gator wear, like these tuxedo jackets. I think John's like
0: described that like that was the type of boys he was into yeah. at the time. Yeah. I can kind of get it. See why. There are certain I shots mean, of Gator shit. that I'm just like, is Gator cute? Yes. Like, I can't really tell.
1: I mean, we can talk later about Donald David Lockery, that I... I think he's
2: fucking sexy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We love mm-hmm. David Lockery. No, but I, I think this type, like I said, starting with Crackers, with Gator, uh, Michael Shannon and Cecil B. Demented, mm-hmm. um, also along those lines yep. of this character, this like tall, thin, kind of wiry... Brown hair. Brown haired, longer, the long, tooth. straight hair, the, a dead tooth somewhere, and uh, just, I don't know, maybe not necessarily the the sharpest knife, but you know, he's hillbilly got... hottie. Yeah, yeah, very hillbilly. Absolutely. I mean, he's
1: a he's a working man. He's he's like he's doing hair. If he, he's doing, yeah, he worked his way through
2: cosmetology school. He's like sure. you got to be. Licensed. I mean, he's
1: he's working at a pretty nice salon in Baltimore too,
0: Le lipstick beauty salon.
2: I mean, well, if we have the other uh, the other stylist to go, I love with.
0: the other stylist too. <laughs> I love the super flamboyant one, butterfly or. <laughs> Butterfly, butterfly dribbles dribbles yeah Oof, dribbles talks about some childhood. dribbles talk
2: yeah, dribbles is a definitely trigger alert yeah <laughs> alert um, and then there's one more, he just gets turned on by by beauty products, he was like i love the I love the, the smell of, of conditioner <laughs> yeah. on a freshly bleached <laughs> hair, yeah. yeah and uh and butterfly is the one that's just super flamboyant and always has like who also, also has a dead tooth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and long hair but the, he yeah he does it in like
0: in that scene the hair is very similar to Susan Walsh's like it's it's mm, there's a mm-hmm. lot of weight up there. Yeah yeah yeah. Um small spoiler alert but one of the coolest things at the Academy exhibit right now is they have the sign from the lipstick beauty <sighs> salon Ooh. and they also have the wire or metal headboard or footboard from okay. Donald and uh Donna and Donald Dasher's bedroom okay. um, that has all these like curly cues in it, sure. but the the lipstick beauty salon sign is like a real special piece.
2: Right. That's fucking cool. Um, okay, so Gator gets introduced because Chicklet and Consetta are the ones that are like, you just need to like go get your hair done. Like, there's this great new salon. You have to you have to audition to be able to get. I love the showgirls
1: audition scene. Yep. <laughs> when donald and donna walk in yeah okay so there is something about donald's hair in this scene that when i do bleach out my hair and i can get it white that is the bleach job that you are walking straight from getting your hair bleached (laughs)
0: like
1: it is that white and it will only stay like
0: that maybe two days I didn't realize the irony that I actually bleached my hair this morning while I had this movie. <laughs> drinking coffee. But yeah, there's just something of how
1: white that hair is that I I I think it's super sexy. Yeah.
2: The two of them have some amazing outfits on. Great I costumes mean, in this the movie. The costumes are, are, are so cool. Some of the stuff that you see either of them wearing, you could see on Drag Race today. Yeah. And be a winning look. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a coat that's got like a human hair collar and it looks, it's the same bleached color as his hair. Yeah. And so, and his hair is longer in the movie, but in this opening scene of his, it's slicked down and parted. And so it looks like he's got short hair and then his collar has, is lined with hair and it just looks like. You're just confused but intrigued. It's this like, long set of yeah. curls, yeah, wisps. and <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I
1: also think Divine looks beautiful in this scene because she and kind of orange, she orange, kind of gives number. me the the hair and makeup kind of gives me Italian actress who's amused to like a director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so
0: does the attitude. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, he has another outfit where he's, he's it's like a like a jumpsuit and it's like oh, a yeah. deep V and then there's feathers yeah. on it. Like it's, it's a little circus but it's still like really fucking cool. But um yeah, so get Ga- so Gator is a stylist at the salon and so that's how Don meets him but he also lives next door with Aunt Ida.
1: Oh, Aunt Ida. <laughs> oh, Aunt Ida. Aunt Ida. <laughs> can't can't Donald just meet a cute Boy. What does she
2: say? A nice Nelly boy. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what she says.
0: Have you met any nice
2: boys in the salon? Oh, pretty nice. I mean, any nice queer boy. Do you fool with any of them? Aunt uh, do you know I dig women. Ah, uh, don't
0: tell me that.
1: Christ, let's not go through this again.
0: All those beauticians and you don't have any boy dates? I don't want any boy dates. Oh, honey, I'd be so happy if you turned in, Ain't No way. I'm straight. I mean, I like a lot of
2: queers, but I don't think they're equipment. You know, I like women. But you could change. Queers are just better. I'd be so proud if you was a bag and had a nice beautician boyfriend. I'd never have to worry. I
0: ain't nothing to worry
2: about. I worry that you work in an office. Have children. Celebrate wedding anniversaries. The
0: world of heterosexual is a sick and boring life. I mean, words to live by. <laughs> Truly, yeah. probably one of the most iconic lines from this movie. I mean, is it also probably
1: the mo- like the first pro gay scene in <laughs> movie history? <laughs> it
2: might be. Probably. Uh, it's just so crazy. Like this woman has these this, these like set of ideals. I love that. Just like I worry that you'll work in an office and celebrate wedding anniversaries. Ah. Oh, it's so good. I love...
0: Heterosexuality. We the love. heteronormative lifestyle yeah. that most in queers Ida. don't want to live by.
2: Seriously. Uh. And okay, so that's another thing that I think you kind of mentioned it earlier. Like this idea of different types of like. Lifestyles. Lifestyles. Lifestyles within the gay community even. You know oh. what I mean? Like not everybody wants to just be like, I don't know, like not everybody. When, when I was growing up, and the, the depictions of gay people that we had, it was just like, okay, so I guess I have to, like, become a lawyer, have a really good straight female friend, and my flamboyant friends will just be kind of on the side. And then I'll have my own sitcom. I don't want to be Will and Grace. You
0: know what I mean? Like On the I, other hand, the stereotype of all gays are hairdressers.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or just like... But at uh, that time... Yeah. Or just like the idea of, like, I don't know, like... Uh, Queer as folk and, like, that kind of nightclub or whatever. It's like, I don't want to spend my life in that kind of nightclub. I'll I'll be in a nightclub, but not that kind.
0: (laughs) I mean, truly, I think the word queer can mean so many different things for so many different people. But in my, like, you know, late teens, early 20s, when I started identifying with the weird word queer, like... The world of John Waters was essentially like, that's what being queer meant to me. It was like, you weren't part of everyday gay life. Yeah. And you weren't just around white gay boys, you know? Yeah. um, We have to always give John credit for the diversity. Well, he could have, some things could have been better, but um, (laughs) he definitely brought a lot of people to the screen that... Would not have acting opportunities otherwise. Yeah,
2: people on on the fringes. Yes, but yeah, I think yeah, I think the idea of kind of finding your finding your own. I think that's what scares off a lot of like younger, like gay people or like younger people kind of coming into coming to terms with their sexuality and just being like, well, I see the most mainstream depictions of it, yeah. and maybe that's not what I want to be into. And it's like, well there's so much more than just that, you know, there's like,
0: as John always says, I'm gay, but I hate most gay things.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so, yeah. Uh, so that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but I think it, you know, it's, it's important. Um, okay. So the idea, the big overarching idea in this, in this movie that we start to get a hold of once we meet the, the, uh, dashers, the dashers is this idea of crime and beauty, beauty? Yeah. crime, beauty, and
0: art? Because Donald wants
2: yes. to capture it
0: with the photograph. Right, right, right. The whole reason Don gets her in with the audition is her line is "I'm a thief and, and a, a shit kicker, kicker and I want to <laughs> be famous." Yeah, which is another
1: I mean, line that, which is also a line uh, that's really interesting because. That line is so ahead of its time yeah. with just how want to be famous. We, as a yeah. society, have kind of evolved it's a obsession oh, with I want to be famous. Yeah, I mean, this is decades before stuff like reality TV. Yep, and just kind of being famous for the purpose of being
0: famous. And it's truly what yep. the grand scheme of this movie is all about. Is like we'll do anything, right? For fame. Right. Could you imagine Don Davenport if she
1: had a social media account? (laughs)
2: Like what
1: kind of a monster that would create?
0: (laughs) Taffy trolling her on the Uh, other end of it.
2: Well, you know, I think something like like a Natural Born Killers where people just kind of praised it for this subversive idea that these people are doing such horrible things in the name of becoming famous and becoming legends and all that stuff. And it's like, well, Don did it first. Like yeah. Donna was out there.
0: She wasn't portrayed as the best mother at any point in yeah. this movie, but as it goes <laughs> on, you know she she prioritizes fame over her own child yeah. and And what's kind of interesting, I think that her I
1: own. think that <laughs> Drew touched on this on our polyester episode is that for these crazy movies, there is a moral center with them. Yeah. That usually evil is punished in all of these films. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true because I mean I think the big gag at the end of the day is is you see Don's entire life. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's even in like the posters like watch Don get fried. Like I think it's like part of like the marketing is of not that there was marketing for this movie when it was released but it's part of like, you know, um the advertising is just like I think you know that like Don is going to get what's coming to her. Um and yeah, just the person that she turns into at the, you know, skipping to the very end. Those last scenes are like insane. Oh yeah. Kind of it's like, heroin. Yeah. They're it kind just of turns, still it just a little turns bone full, chilling to watch.
1: It turns full helter skelter. Yeah.
2: Um, but just kind of seeing the origins of it here with, you know, with the dashers and just what she's willing to do. And, and I mean, we already know she hates Taffy. This child was born like in, into a bad situation, um, Gaslighting her into thinking she's mentally handicapped. Yes. <laughs> but we,
0: we're we going to use the PC term here. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I want to quote that scene, but I can't. Yeah, but you can't. We had you examined as a young child and you yeah. were most certainly <laughs> mentally handicapped.
2: Mark. Yeah, we had you examined. By a psychologist.
0: You know, it's funny,
1: Pete, you mentioned the marketing. That yeah. There's a funny... Marketing story with this movie, with the movie critic, Rex Reed, who hated the movie, oh. to the point where in his review, he asked, where do these people come from? Where do they go when the sun goes down? There isn't a law or something. And that was quoted on the poster for the premiere. <laughs> was that. <laughs> it. Which is kind of like a great marketing
2: poll. I thought Rex Reed loved everything. Well, I mean, look at this poster right here. Sex Offenses That Would Shock the Marquis de Sade. come on uh i mean does that is that is that talking about the um the needle nose pliers or or the uh the entire raw carrot (laughs) you should have seen your face uh the the excessive nudity in this movie yeah by gator alone
0: (laughs) also let's I mean, segue into the set design of that damn house. Um, what is
2: going on in that house?
0: From the first like images I ever saw of this movie, and it was of the three women mm-hmm. laying in the bed Yeah, um, with that it's crazy very, headboard. It's a very Valley, uh, valley of the Doll yes. shot. So <laughs> very. They're all seductively laying on the bed with mm-hmm. this weird glittery galactic galaxy
2: yeah <laughs> going <laughs> on going in the background
0: on? and we'll see that's the thing is even talking about the end of the movie like it's such a colorful movie yeah. because of the scene uh yeah. the costumes and the set design um but that bedroom especially it gets a lot of weird action
2: yeah yeah that yeah that whole like weird galaxy like paint job i guess uh on the along the bed the wall that the bed is on is insane but uh
0: the whole house looks like it's made of cardboard, and it's about yeah. to fall apart at any minute. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially the stairs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It looks like they built it on top of, like, an existing house. Like, yeah. they're just like, let's build another set in here to make it
0: look like a house.
1: What's the town from Desperate Living called? Mortville. Mortville. Mortville it's a little yeah. Mortville. <laughs> a little
0: what would go on to be Mortville? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. absolutely.
0: So, yeah, she eventually married uh, Gator.
2: <sighs> yes. The wedding dress? Iconic. I'm still <laughs> Iconic.
1: Iconic. <laughs> I like that Gator gets married in a tigers in a tiger print
2: tuxedo jacket and
1: a tiger print tuxedo jacket. Yeah. It's like who's making those like costume choice. I mean, we know who made those costumes yeah, choices. Yeah. Van Smith, yep. but that is just such a rock and roll cool choice of what is Gator going to wear when he gets married. Let alone like how revealing right.
0: Dawn's wedding dress <laughs> her
2: see-through her see-through <laughs> dress. <laughs>
0: I think other than the dress, my favorite part of the wedding scene is Edith just beating up the priest at yeah. the end, and he yeah. straight up falls, he falls to the ground down the stairs. Down the stairs <laughs> yeah, oh she's just God. punching him. Yeah, they yeah. give
1: Edith a lot of fun work to do in this movie. I love that shot of her dumping the trash
0: of over course. the fence, sticking out her tongue like yeah. a toddler. At her tongue. She's when she's so
2: excited to throw that trash when over she the
0: steps f- out of her house <laughs> and she puts her hands up in the air. <laughs> It's a brand new sunny day. I'm in my lace-up vinyl um, catsuit that every inch of flesh was pushing its way in between those (laughs) laces. But again, another iconic look. Yeah. They have the shoes from that outfit in the exhibit. Ooh, okay. I should shut my mouth because I'm going to ruin the whole thing. I know, right? We're going to be like, ugh. But there's a lot of fun stuff as far as props and uh, costumes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, but I feel like a lot of these costs. I'm sure they had to have been like
0: vintage poles. V- vintage well, I mean, poles I know hand that made, hand
2: well painted. for I the
1: for um for the cat suit look. I know that was made special. The the lace up that the lace up
2: look well, uh, on Edith that at was one made point, special. Don is wearing a blue cheetah asymmetrical. Oh yeah, dress um, with one sleeve. That goes into a glove. Mm-hmm. This is not a vintage piece. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is custom. This is couture. But it's like... I mean, it's the first time that where John... Where did they get blue cheetah?
0: It's true. Well, <laughs> it's also on, like, gold lame. Yeah. It's all metallic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wise that John was working with the budget for yeah. one of the first times of his career, and I think that's where a majority of it went, yeah. was stuff like wardrobe. Yeah. Costuming. And costuming. Yeah.
0: I have a lovely French um, movie poster with that image. It's oh, kind of okay. like an illustration of Divine in that outfit okay. with the acid face. Yeah, um, And then, yeah, it's just set up very fun with all the wording is in French.
2: Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, we should talk a little bit about Mink as older Taffy. Older Taffy. 14. 14.
0: <laughs> so for, I noticed 14,
2: he... you don't look good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's got the face of an old, old woman. Oh, I noticed today though it's funny because this is the one movie that like I feel like I wouldn't recognize Mink Stahl. Right. Like granted she was younger, but like I when I see her as Connie Marble, like I mm-hmm. see Mink Stahl and when I yeah. go to uh Desperate Living, like I see Mink Stahl. This yeah. one was I forget how old she was. I think she was like nineteen, maybe wow.
2: playing a fourteen. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. she had the old face. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, just in these, like, baby doll dresses and just this, like, fidgety kind of, like, she's always moving. She's always just, like, has her hands, like, on her clothes. It's because and...
0: she's always fearing she's yes. going to be hit by her mom With yeah. a chair. Or, <laughs> the constant, like, <laughs> shrieking as Dawn would move or yeah. <laughs> playing her favorite game, which was car accident. Oh, my
2: God. Car mm. accident is wild. <laughs> And she's got, like, blue lipstick on. Yeah,
0: she's just, like, took crayons, drew (laughs) all over her face, and started spraying ketchup everywhere.
2: Oh, my God. That shit is wild. But, yeah, uh, she plays this role, like, it's funny when it needs to be funny. When she's talking shit, writing a book, hippie. (laughs) Give me
0: $10. Go
2: listen to some folk music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go listen to some folk music. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, Go listen to some folk music.
2: Give
1: me a break. It's she can turn on the comedy, but then she can really turn on
2: the tragedy oh, of this character, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When she's, like, desperately just, like, tell me who my father is. Tell me. And then when she finds out, you're just like, you don't want to know, lady. Okay. This is another This is another thing. Where, where Dawn and Aunt Ida live, Aunt Ida, when she's walking down the street, like, just, like, wallowing in the sun, the street between... Those houses and the row houses across it it's like it's not a street, like I don't think a car could fit down that. It's like a weird little walkway,
0: yeah,
2: and we were saying like this is this is seventy four when they shot this, and this neighborhood is like shot to hell. this yeah. is like not a nice place to live when she goes to find Earl, it's like, what is this where is this This is like an old witch like in the forest, like what where this is this is like poverty stricken it's kind Baltimore. of where she got pregnant. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're just like these exteriors and she's walking and she steps in like this puddle. And you're just like, is this even where people live? Oh, like, yeah. is this a house? Mm. What the fuck? Yeah, so it's crazy how John found these locations in Baltimore that, I don't know, maybe where Ida and Dawn's house, houses are, that's probably still there. Yeah. But um Yeah, who knows? Like, what the hell? Because have you seen that footage of him going out to where uh, the camper from Pink Flamingos?
1: It's on the Criterion for Pink Flamingos. Oh, wow. It's a
2: private residence now. Oh, wow. And they bought up all the lands around it. And it's huge. It's like a big green, like, it looks like a golf course. Yeah. It's just this big green field. And they
1: go out in the spot in the field where they're pretty sure. Yeah. But they can't even tell. That the trailer was, but they're not really sure. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're, they're like, like I guess we think right here. that yeah. it may have burned right here,
1: but we're not sure.
2: And they go up to the house, and the people are there. It's like this mansion. And they're just like, yeah, we bought this land. <laughs> they seem super
0: into they it, seem very nice. Yeah. They kn-
2: I think they knew. I think they knew that what was... Back in the 70s, we burned a trailer yeah. down right here. Yeah. <laughs> and they set that bitch on fire. fire. That would look scary.
0: Every time I watch Pink Flamingos or that scene, my favorite part is, and as you know, probably from any of the extras, um, how you can see Mink's jacket almost catch on fire oh, yeah. as she's swinging the uh, flame. It just like catches the bottom of the fur coat. Yeah,
2: yeah, that shit is crazy. But yeah, just some of these some of these exterior locations are 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 a little scary. But yeah, uh, Mink in the scene where she does go to meet Earl, I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is so sad. And then she stabs the shit. out. Well, he
0: showed her his penis and uh, threw up on her.
2: Yeah. I love when he pukes at her. He's like, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm a little drunk. I also love that the knife just comes out of a random jar of mayonnaise sitting in the living room.
2: Yeah. Which also Uh. makes me
0: think of idle hands. The same thing. Uh. That's
2: that's (laughs) his bit of
1: business that he's doing when when he hears the door knock. Yeah. He's
0: making a sandwich.
2: Just in an easy chair, <laughs> a huge jar of mayo. You know, when you live alone. No. <laughs> the things you do. <laughs> I would never Don't do tell that. people how I live. <laughs> yeah. Uh Mink is great. Her I love that her her threat and ultimately she goes through with it, but her whole thing to like kind of the thing that she knows will piss off Don the most is to become a Hare Krishna. Yep. Well, as we were saying earlier,
0: you know, like her addiction, Dawn's addiction to glamour, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. took the forefront instead of taffy. And it, it just was more tragic for her to be a neglected child. Yeah. But when you're mainlining liquid heroin or <laughs> liquid eyeliner and eating makeup brushes.
2: Okay. When she's mainlining the liquid eyeliner. That needle is in her arm. I was trying to figure that part out, too. Yeah. yeah, sure. It is. And then later on, there's, like, blood going down her arm. And I'm like, that kind of looked a little fake. It looked a little heavy. But I was like, that looks wild. Like, that looks fucking real. Divines the actor. You know what that I mean? Would yeah. Be
0: like, sure, put a needle in my yeah. arm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Scary.
1: I always think of um, my first dog when I was a kid it was a cocker spaniel named Taffy. I always think of my dog, Taffy. <laughs> I think whenever you've told I me whenever this. I see Mink stole in this movie, I always think of my oh, first dog. Or
2: oh, somebody else I know had one. That's funny. Um. All right, we got uh, Mink Stole. Who who have we not talked about yet?
0: Well, the relationship with the Dashers and how it, um, pers- or just how it gets worse and worse and worse, and then finally we realize they're just taking advantage of her. Yes. Yeah. yeah, using her as a puppet. Yeah, yeah, for their own crime. Yeah,
2: yeah. This performance. Is <laughs> I'm always just like when whenever you see something like this I always think of like so what are they there to see? If they're there to see Dawn. Yeah. And Dawn is, you know I mean I think it's what just are they th-
1: I think it's just the chaos that surrounds Dawn's
0: existence so that they're, they're just yeah. fascinated with. Yeah. They're because of their high class upper echelon yeah. uh they like, they like
1: Dawn as a novelty. Upper,
0: upper yes, echelon. they like to see what the, uh, the lower-than people do. Mm-hmm.
2: So, the, so the audience members who paid a ticket to go see Dawn Davenport, they're like, we're just going to see her jump on a trampoline and, and this is post, and like, fish on herself. And this is post-acid in the
1: face, too.
2: Yes, this is post-acid in the face. And you, this is when she actually strangles Taffy to death in the dressing room. Yeah. And right before she does that, and she's, like, so mad at Taffy. And she's, like, tells her she's going to kill her and all this stuff. Uh, I don't remember if it's um, Dawn Dasher or if it's... Dawn is, sh- like, killer. Chicklet or Concetta. But she's, it's probably Dawn. Because she says, remember Alice Crimmins? And I was like, what does that mean? Oh. So I looked it up. Alice Crimmins was the Casey Anthony of the sixties. She oh, murdered, sure she murdered her children <gasps> and was put on trial and sent to jail for murdering her two children. And so and so Don says Remember alice Crimmins. <laughs> I've it would be <laughs> it would be like saying, remember, remember Casey, Casey Anthony. Anthony yeah
1: um this movie also introduced introduced us to Rich. one mr Richard Speck <laughs> that we had i mean that is a reference that like yeah,
2: that's a deep cut that's
0: a deep cut if yeah. he, I mean you would have also had to have lived on the east Coast yeah. to yeah. have known who that was yeah 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 that and serial mom go through this laundry list of serial killers mm-hmm. um and people from that time, and it's so funny to hear him bring these real-life stories into yeah. the movies.
2: I blew Richard Speck.
0: I blew
1: Richard <laughs> Speck! But yeah, do a Google search on Richard Speck if you don't know who yeah. he is.
2: And so, okay, so that's what I kind of meant at the top about trigger warnings. Because, yeah, like we said, there's things about, like, ableism and and certain phrases that we, you know, don't really like talking about any, or can't really say in polite society anymore. Uh, but... I think that John kind of had this fascination with, yeah, I guess just serial killers in general. Just kind of
1: people who lived on the edge of society. Yeah. Yeah. And then would become these media sensations like
2: like the Manson family. But I just think that, like, in in today's day and age, like, it's just – I don't know. Just, like, this shit is so rampant and so real and still going on that it's just, like – I don't know. It's – I mean, obviously – you can't talk about like good taste when you're talking about <laughs> well, waters. I mean, bad taste is right there in his, sure. on his business card. But it's, it's, so I'm trying to say like, it's, it's distasteful to speak, you know, f- and try and make it funny to talk about, you know, or to, or to show someone, you know, shooting a gun. One
1: or one even kind of, ones. when you think of Don shooting the gun in the audience, I have to put myself in the perspective of when they were making this, they were probably thinking, well, who's going to do that? Right.
2: It's like so, that's so ridiculous. It's so like right. that's so far-fetched. Yeah. It's
1: never gonna happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that and so that's from a why, different time. Yeah. So that's why in twenty twenty three it's like, okay, and that is so far beyond bad taste that you can't even like in good conscience, like write that into a movie.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um so it's just this is a product of its time. So it's there there's no ill will by from John Waters. He's it's not a comment on anything. It's I'm sure it was a comment on something, but it's, it's, you have to remove it from how we would see that through today's lens, you know? And so we kind of, I don't know, not giving it a pass, but we just kind of understand that it's saying it, saying it was a different time actually does mean something. Yeah. yeah, In in his career. Yeah. (laughs) Really does.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: And, and, and the stuff with the serial killers, it's just like, okay, yeah. You know, um, I think he has since gone on to to address the Manson family and his kind of mild obsession with them, and especially in the very early movies. I think yeah. it's kind of gone after after Pink Flamingos. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what he had to say about the the one that just got released. Oh, Van Houten. Yeah, Leslie Van Houten just got. Released. Oh, I don't know. How. I don't know if he ever. I don't know if he ever spoke on it. He's had to have. Um... Yeah. Cause I feel like he would, I feel like he kind of wrote on her behalf. Like, or I think he knows her
1: probably yeah. did some sort of a parole testimony or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went to all these
2: uh, trials mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's a conversation that we're, we're, we're not really going to kind of go that, that deep into just understand that, we understand that it is it can be triggering these final scenes in the movie, throwing out names of serial killers and doing these kind of uh, crazy things, you know, you know, with the audience. But uh, it's it's all for a point and for a purpose. And um, and Don does kind of get
0: fuck. I mean, yeah. everybody turns <laughs> I mean, against her. She quite yeah. literally
2: gets
1: fried. Yeah, and like Everybody I said that turns against that her. these movies pink flamingos and female trouble do have moral centers behind them that evil is punished at the end.
2: Well, does anything happen to the Dashers?
1: Well, it's true. See, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. Are the Dashers the true villain I th- I think of female trouble?
2: I think they are. I think they kind of, I think without the Dashers, Dawn's life... Would, she still would be a horrible person. Like, she was a, still a bad mother before she met the Dashers. But I don't know that she would have gone to do the lengths. She wouldn't have kidnapped... Uh, Ann Ida, because she was even kind of appalled at that. She was like, what is she doing here? It's true.
0: Like, In my house? Yeah. <laughs> um, almost any time somebody offers me chicken, I just look at them and go, do I look Italian? <laughs> <laughs> Nine times out of ten, most people don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, it's...
2: I'll have two chicken breasts, please. <laughs> We're, We're not, not having, having chicken.
0: <laughs> also, the funny thing that I love about that is both of them decline eating, but she still won't give the food to Taffy. Food. Yeah. There isn't enough for you. <laughs>
2: Um, but she said she was gonna I'll have an extremely large glass of ice water. water. <laughs> there's a
1: scene there's a scene later in the movie that always kills me. It's when Divine is doing the outdoor stunt where she's swimming across the river and drag. Oh, and yeah. the sleet and rain and Divine hits the mark. Yep. Did it on one take. It was all real. <laughs> yep.
2: That water was probably fucking freezing. But like could you imagine Two.
1: just yeah. like we're gonna shoot this scene Divine get in the water. And come like out right January. there. Oh,
0: well, so many of the movies, you can see their breath
1: yeah. in the air because yeah. it's so cold. We're framing the shot, and you have to end up right there on the other side of the bank.
2: Hey, she did it. She's, yep. a, pro. she's a pro. Pro. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so when she does get arrested, they're, she's completely like cracked at this point. Yep. Like, all the scenes, or the, it's one long scene. I was going to say all the scenes with her and the inmates, but... It's it's John. So it's one long scene that people are coming in and out of. Um, and her, like, prison girlfriend. Oh, and the prison girlfriend's just like, it's her last day. God damn it. Like, let me just be in here with her. But Dawn is still just like, it's fine. Like, go. She's gone. She's completely lost it. It's like Nancy Downs
0: in The Craft. Like, she's just, I think I'm a <laughs> star. I'm a star. Yeah. A star. Yeah. Um. yeah. Maybe I can still pearl. feel
2: him in me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: remember. There's something about who the girlfriend is. I can't remember who the actress is. Oh, okay. But she's definitely, or maybe it's Pat Moran or mm, something that like that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I, like,
2: yeah. I feel like that sounds right. For those of um, you who don't
0: know, Pat Moran was the casting director for mm-hmm. all these She's found all
2: of these kooky characters. Yeah. Uh, the two prison guards. Yeah. What did she say like no bumpin donuts? No bumpin Oh god. Bumpin pussies. Just bumpin pussies, bumpin pussies yeah. yeah.
0: Just a favorite term I No love to bumpin use. pussy. <laughs> you know the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No bumpin pussy. Those it, two prison
2: guards have the most Baltimore accents. Just like, when accents this crazy.
1: I mean this is the the women's prison movie. Section. Yeah, it, be, it
2: becomes a women in prison yeah. movie for the last, for the last scene. So, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on Female Trouble and just kind of the John Waters catalog? before we have to say goodbye I mean
0: it's it's the end all be all it's a a tradition to watch this around Christmas time (laughs) Um, even though Christmas is only a part of the movie for a good four minutes um, in the (laughs) beginning but um, yeah it's it's just a masterpiece of art in my opinion and I'm honored that I got to speak on this (laughs) one um yeah, I've done one other podcast about John Waters, and it was uh, *Desperate Living*. But I could talk all day about this. <laughs> I <laughs> hope that this new movie
1: happens with Aubrey Plaza.
0: That's still just a rumor. Yeah. The Aubrey Plaza casting, I'm not sure, but yeah, between is it Fruitcake or they're going to make a film of Liar Mouth? Book. I think it's I, I think li- it's Liar Mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I've heard more about. Which I personally think that nobody should be playing that character more than Parker Posey. but Ooh. Okay. But Aubrey's a... I love her. Sure.
2: Well, I mean, it was a joy to have you on talking about John's magnum opus. Yes. <laughs> this was a ton of fun. And, I mean, of course, you have an open invitation to come back. There's still a ton of John to talk about. Or a ton of other movies. Besides, oh, yeah. besides John Waters.
1: 2024. I mean, we still mm-hmm. haven't even gotten to Cry Baby... Yeah, desperate living. We've talked. We've talked about in this effort in this episode that we love. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's still plenty more. Absolutely.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, this was a pleasure. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're not going to go. We're not going to see you at work tonight at the bar. But, uh,
0: <laughs> I gotta go uh, take off my shirt and start slinging uh, beers around. Hey, <laughs> we love it.
2: We do. We love we we love where you work. John Waters <laughs> loves a leather bar. Absolutely, absolutely. Any any version of any version of the evil. Yeah, we're we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having Bye. me. See you later, man. Bye. And thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Pete, would you say Female Trouble is your favorite John Waters movie?
2: Oh gosh, I don't. know. I was trying to
1: think of this myself, and. I think it's hard because I'm I have his IMDB out right in front of me mm-hmm. and I'm kind of trying to think of an answer myself and I'm coming to the conclusion that I mean there's something about all of his movies that are very special for me. I mean yeah, yeah. when you look at something like Pink Flamingo's clearly it's the icon of yeah, yeah. Divine Divine in that drag just because it's yeah. so I mean it's just ingrained in yeah. pop culture of mm-hmm. just when you think of drag queen. But like we mentioned before, it's just like Female Trouble clearly is his opus. Like It's just kind of his signature movie, so I like that one. Desperate Living, I will say, maybe his underrated movie. Sure. It's the movie that people usually don't talk about as much just because Divine's not in it. right, right. But when you watch Desperate Living, it's just like that movie is so crazy. But what I like about that is I think that they just give Edith a lot to work with in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, she gets to play this crazy character, and she's like royalty. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, how much fun would that have been for her to make? Right, right. Of just kind of the type that she had not really played in a John Waters movie. We had just talked about, like, polyester on the show. Polyester is also super underrated. Divine is really good in it. I mean, Hairspray? You grew up on Hairspray? I didn't as much... I didn't grow up on Hairspray or Crybaby all. Like, I didn't really watch them I at all growing two. up. I love those two. Love really those two are really good. I love those two so much. Yeah, we need to get to Cry Cry
2: Crybaby's great.
1: Kathleen Turner's so it's good. Serial Mom. Okay, I think that my I do have an affection for both Cecil B. Demented and Pecker just because those were kind of my intro to John mm-hmm. Waters mm-hmm. when I was young. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they all kind of work as a different genre almost. Um so, yeah, it, it's a tough call. Yeah, it's a
1: tough call. It's just like there's something interesting about all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Cecil B. Demented, A Dirty Shame. I mean, we hadn't watched A Dirty Shame until like a few years ago.
2: No, I mean, I had seen it. Oh, I you had, had seen it before? It. Yeah, but I had no, seen it. No, I saw it though. when it first came out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's his last like feature movie. It was A Dirty Shame in mm-hmm. 2004. I mean, A Dirty Shame too. I mean, it's kind of... When you talk about controversy with John Waters, I remember when A Dirty Shame came out and what a huge deal that was. Yeah, like his back and forth with the MPAA, mm-hmm. that not a lot of movies were given NC seventeen, and that movie definitely got one. Yeah, in two thousand four. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
2: yeah, uh, it's funny, but it's uh, it's maybe not one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, I like I like his stuff from the nineties onward, um, and I do love. I do love Cecil B. Demand Center. I think it's great, and mm-hmm. I think it is definitely one of the ones that is kind of uh, underappreciated by the general Pecker public. Pecker is
1: a good character and piece Pecker's too. So Pecker, so good. Uh, Martha Plimpton. I could. Great. Okay, so when you briefly, do you remember? I mean, of course you remember it. But when you worked at the laundromat, <laughs> I always thought of Christina Ricci yelling at at customers. Mm-hmm. Of when I would go visit you at the laundromat. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Uh,
2: those were the lean years. Are definitely but yeah, neighbors. but
1: I I just always just thought yeah. of I always just thought of that character when mm-hmm. you had that job <laughs> of that like yeah. it's just such a John Waters job like of just running a laundromat. Time.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I I, I do love uh, I do love Pecker because uh, I remember specifically when that came out and the DVD was kind of early days of DVDs. So that was a great one. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think I have a favorite. There's something special about them all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, thanks everyone for, for, uh, sticking with us on this female trouble, John Waters journey for this episode. We finally got to it more. Um, yeah, we finally got to it. I feel like it's been a long time. I say this about half these movies, but it has been a long time coming. Uh, let's see. What am I thinking of? Crybaby. And the woman who plays Crybaby's mother is Susan Tyrell. Oh, and, Susan Tyrell. Susan sure. Susan uh, yeah. just that kind of... Cult film favorite. Cult film favorite. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just the way these movies are cast, it's very specific. And all these people are, are in these movies for a re- Joe D'Alessandro is in Crybaby. You know, they, they Troy Donahue. Like, they they pick these people that are just unexpected to play these kind of bit roles or whatever. And um, it's just genius. Yeah. Brush up on John Waters if you're not familiar people. Do yourself a favor. But um, I think it's just about that time in the episode. For Patreon shout outs? For <laughs> no, Patreon shout outs. Let's hear them. That oh, super loud. Got a lot of patrons, got a lot of new patrons. Let's say hello and a great big thanks to all of our patrons, including the folks over at How Do You Drew, uh, our friend Andy, Kate, uh, Let's see, Pep, Speed, uh, J. Michael, Jason, Haley, Tammy, uh, Roberto, I think that's Muffy, Brett, Daisy, Jason, Patrick, Kelly, Chrissy, Steven, Jake, Desiree, Will, Adam, Chris, Andrew, Laura, Garrett, Thomas, Dan, uh, another Dan, Tiffany, uh, Frankfurter, uh, let's see, Cerulean Crayon. Lori, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Flemish Giant, Jackson, Millie, Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Ross, uh, no, not Ross, Russ. Uh, let's see, Seth, oh, my God, we've got more. Oh, this is too many. This is paid members. I think I got everybody. I got to do active. Let's start over again. <clears throat> okay, we're going to go go ahead and say a great big hello and thank you to all of our patrons, including the folks over at Hattie Drew, uh, our friend Andy, uh, Kate, Pep, Speed, Tammy, Roberto, um, I believe that's uh, our friend Muffy, Brett, Daisy, Kelly, Chrissy, Steven, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Garrett, Thomas, Lori, Brenna, Jessica Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melly, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Don, Joshua, Emily, Aaron, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and finally, Rufino. You guys. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for uh, being patrons. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. All of your uh, donations go directly to Keeping the Show on the air every week, every Friday for free and ad-free. Um yeah, that's all thanks to the patrons and listeners like you.
1: You get some fun stuff on the Patreon. You get our television that made us gay. We do a TV episode a month on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And at the $10 level, you will get the
2: Watch With Us commentary. Yes, there is got to be about 35 Watch With Us commentaries right now. They're bonus episodes. Commentary tracks for the movies. We watch the movie and uh, record a commentary track as the movie is playing. And so we give you instructions on how to sync up the track, the audio track, with the movie if you have it or if you can stream it. Um, we give you instructions on how to sync it up so you can listen to our commentary as the movie is playing before your eyes. It's very fun to do it that way. Or you can just listen to the episode the old-fashioned way. uh, Like a bonus episode, it works just as fun. So uh, check that out over at patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. You can also... uh, Follow the show on any podcast streaming application that you choose. We are on Apple and Spotify. Um, Those are the easiest ways to find us. And you can give us five-star ratings. Rate, subscribe, and write us a kind review. We would love that. If uh, you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts is already pre-installed. Uh, or if you're on Spotify, those are the two where you can give us five stars. And on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review, and we'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thank you so much if you've already done that, and thank you in advance if you're about to do it. It's easy, it's free, it takes about no time at all, and it really helps us out. Follow us on the socials. We're at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram. We're also uh, at MTMUG Pod on, um, you know, X, Threads, Blue Sky, all that fun stuff. But we're most active on Instagram, so go ahead and give us a follow.
1: There. You can also go ahead and follow our personal accounts. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram
2: and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. I am uh, at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and uh, Threads and X. So give us a give us a shout out until next week, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: Oh, next week is the Christmas. It's our big Christmas episode. uh Oh, I mean we've had, we've had like three Christmas episodes in a mm-hmm. row, but next week is the. Is like the Christmas week episode, all
2: righty. Get We're ready, talking everybody.
1: About a fun movie, too.
2: Cool, cool. We'll see you then.
1: Bye.
0: Nice girls don't wear cha cha heels.